0: Hello, everybody. Seafood John here with you once again. This is indeed the Truck Stop Guru podcast. And as you guys know, I like to go over uh, a lot of self-help topics. And, you know, we've talked about some paranormal stuff and we've talked about uh, just a lot of different things. But I usually tend to do this one uh, just off of whatever message is coming through um, recently. And that's definitely what this one's going to be about. And it's really about messages. It's about the way that messages come to you and the messages affect you. And that you really need to be, first of all, aware of it. And second of all, um, you need to, to follow through with whatever message you're getting. And I'm going to give you an example of that. And this is an absolutely 100% true story. Um, even if you've never met me, you've probably heard about me. And the reason I say that is because if you've ever heard uh, or seen uh, um, something about Dr. Wayne Dyer, you can read some of his books or you've watched some of his, uh, he used to have specials on PBS or you saw him live. Dr. Doctor Dyer used to talk about me a lot. That dude used to talk smack about me. No, seriously, he really did. Um, it wasn't exactly 100% true, and I don't know if that was because... He didn't get the whole story or because he tweaked it to make it sound a little bit more wholesome than it actually was. But anyway, I'm going to give you guys the real story, the whole story. And from my perspective, and not as I remember it and as it, as it happened, um, and it's the story of a little boy named Shia who had some rather interesting medical conditions and uh, unfortunately is no longer with us. He passed away uh, from what I heard from, from Dr. Dyer's story, not too long after the, after I met him, but the, the story goes like this. Okay. Um, this would have been in New York back in probably, uh, I don't know, probably 89 or 90, something in that range. So I was a young man still at that time. And a buddy of mine and I, Uh, we're on a softball team and we were supposed to get together with some friends of ours. And I believe it was like Labor Day weekend or something along those lines where we were going to get together with a bunch of friends of ours. We're going to go out to the park. We're going to have a pickup softball game and just have a good time. And we're going to pick up some beers and burgers and just, just have a good day of it. And, uh, what happened was my, my buddy, Steve and I went down to the park and, um, we went where we were supposed to go and where everybody said we were going to meet. And, you know, nobody we knew was there. They were probably all still sleeping it off. They were probably all still hungover. Uh, and we said, all right, you know, whatever. We'll, we'll see. And so we hung out for a little bit. And then we, we met some people who were interested in, hey, let's have a ball game." So we ended up with this pickup softball game. Now, I had brought um, a quarter keg of beer with me. And um, we had it on the bench. Now, I happen to be wearing a Yankees hat. Of course, Steve was wearing his Mets hat, but I ignored that. And we basically said, okay, look, I'm going to pitch, but we're the American League team because I'm not going to bat because I want to stay next to the keg. So you guys can, can have your pitcher hit. You can be the National League team if you want. I don't really care. But I was more interested in just hanging out with the keg. So – Anyway, it was a slow-pitch softball game. Nobody cares, right? It was just for fun. We were grilling up burgers. We were having a couple of beers. We were just, just bullshitting and just having fun. And we played for a while, you know, and it's getting kind of late. And some of the people wanted to, okay, let's wrap it up soon. Okay. So, it was, okay, we're going to have the last inning. And surprisingly, it was a it was actually a low-scoring uh, game, but again, it was a mixed game. It was a family thing. It wasn't like you know, it was all professional ball players or anything. It was just, just everybody out there having fun. My team was up five to three, and I'm on the bench. Our team was up, and the DH who was supposed to hit for me, he goes, "Dude, nice to meet you. I got to take off. I got, I got to get out of here. I got to work tomorrow." All right, cool. Well, nice to meet you. Talk to you later. So he left, and just as he's leaving. This woman comes walking over to me and she says, "Um, can my son join the ball ball game? And I said, sure, bring him on over. I said, perfect timing. He can hit for me. I'm supposed to be up next. And um, my DH just left and I don't really feel like moving. So she said, well, you don't understand. Uh, He has. And she rattled off this long Latin name of something, some kind of disease or whatever was wrong with the kid. And I look over and I see this kid getting out of the car with help from his dad. And he's got, you know, the crutches that are strapped to his upper arms. And his legs are kind of bending in, in different directions and, you know, look like, a, you know, one of the old pictures from the, the polio vaccine folks from, from, the, from the 50s. And I'm like, OK. And she said, are you sure it's OK? And I said, sure, <laughs> you know. It's a pickup softball game, whatever. Bring him on over. She said, But but he has all these his problems. I don't know how he is is it okay? I said, Lady, we have a keg of beer on the bench right now. We've all got problems. Okay, just just bring him over. It's fine. He can hit for me. I, I wasn't expecting anything from him, but you know, whatever. Again, it's a pickup game. Who cares? We're just there for fun. So so she waves excitedly, you know, to bring the child forward. And then just at that exchange, um, the The guy who was up ahead of me grounded out for the third out. And then somebody shouts, okay, last licks, this is it, last inning. I said, okay, look, um, I got to go back out to the mound. This is the last inning, but I guarantee, I promise you, I'll get him in a bat. Okay, I'll get him in a bat. Just, just hang out, I'll get him up. So... Again, people are starting to pack up and leave, so they were going to be a little short on their bench anyway. I figured they're going to need a pinch hitter anyway. No big deal. Well, first guy gets up, and he rips a single to right. And uh, men are in first, nobody out. Next guy gets up, hits a smashed line drive right at the shortstop. And I don't don't remember the shortstop's name. I, I, if you're hearing this, I please forgive me. But you're an awesome, awesome ball player. Dude made this amazing diving catch on this smoking line drive for the first out he even had the presence of mind to jump up and whip the ball back to first to try and double up the the runner guy got back in but it was a hell of a play so there's one out runner at first the next guy comes up and smashes a line uh, uh ground ball right back up the box right back up the middle uh but the center fielder was pretty fast had a good arm got the ball back in and so it's first and second one out. Now there's nobody else on the bench cuz everybody else is trying to pack up the burgers and, you know, everything else, they're trying to put the fire out, they're trying to do this that the other thing, put their stuff away and get back in a car cuz we're wrapping it up, you know. So, you know, there's really nobody left on the bench, so the mom kind of looks at me and points at the son, is it okay? And I said, "Yeah, yeah, wave him out. Yeah, yeah, bring him on, bring him on." Well, the guy in second goes, "Holy shit. Double play. Game is over." Now, couldn't really argue with that, right? I couldn't really argue with that, but for some reason it annoyed me, you know. And I turned around and said, "Dude, come on, you know, give give the kid a chance." He didn't have a chance. I knew he didn't have a chance. Everybody knew he didn't have a damn chance. I just, you know, I felt bad. So, I'm like, you know, and I and then after I said it, I'm thinking, well, why the hell would I even say that? <laughs> the kid doesn't have a chance. He can barely walk. You know, how's he going to, you know, hold himself up and hold the bat at the same time? Well, whatever. All right. So, you know, I step a little closer to him and I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, I'll just get this kid out, but I don't want to make him the last out. I don't want to make him ground into a double play or anything like that. It'll just, it'd be bad. You know, it'd be just rude. And, you know, so I move up a little closer and I try to give him a nice, soft, Pitch and he missed it, not even close, you know. So you can hear the groans, you know, from the second base. I can hear the groan from first base. I can hear the groan from the bench. You know, the, oh, you know, this is this is the winning run at the plate, for God's sakes. And I'm like, come on, you know, really give this kid a chance. So his dad kind of peeks his head out and is like, you know, can I can I help him? I said, yeah, yeah, come on. So I wave him over, and Dad comes out and kind of holds him up and steadies him. And I come a little closer. I hold the ball up for dad. Dad nods at me. I say, okay, here comes. I'm a nice slow one. And the dad helps him swing the ball, swing the bat. I mean, and he hits a little dribbler. (laughs) Doom, (laughs) doom, (laughs) doom, (laughs) doom, (laughs) doom. You know, right back to me. Like a six hopper, you know, and it traveled all of six feet, maybe. Probably being generous. But anyway, he got it right back to me. So he hits the ball. It's a little dribbler back to the mound. So, it's a ball game. What happens? All of a sudden, everybody starts running. Go, 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 right? Runner at second takes off. Runner at first takes off. I get the ball and I look up. And in my head, I'm thinking, okay, if I whip it to second, this is an easy double play and the ball game's over. And then these guys are going to be mad at me for letting this kid come out and play and say that I fixed it. So, I'm not going to do that. So, well, i just, I'll ignore second. And I I won't, you know, try for the force. I'll just. I'll just take the one out and throw the kid out and, you know, then they'll, they'll have a chance. The next batter, there's still still only be two outs. And I look up at this kid and he's got the tongue hanging out the side of his mouth as he's trying to run. And he's got the, what do you, I don't know what you call those, those uh, crutches that are attached to your upper arm. They're flailing all over the place. And there's dirt flying all over the place. And, and I could hear the, uh, you know, coming out of him as he's trying to make it up the line. And, you know his dad yelling his mom screaming and you know the people on the bench are yelling go 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 and i look up over to first and my buddy steve good ball player he knows the situation he gets to the gets to the bag smacks his glove puts his glove out waits for the throw <coughs> he knew what i was going to do he could he picked it up pretty quick i look at him I take a peek over my shoulder at second base. The runner's almost there anyway. And I'm thinking, well, I could throw late, not nab the runner, It'd still be, you know, fielder's choice. And I'm like, ah, all right. I look back at first and Steve's like looking at me like, dude, ball. Hello. And I look back at this kid who's now, you know, four feet from home. You know. And <laughs> I'm just like, oh my God. Uh, All right. And something in my head says, Pete Rose wouldn't throw this kid out. Now, my first thought was, that's bullshit. Pete would have already thrown it to second for the double play. But nonetheless, I I don't like the idea that Pete Rose wouldn't throw the kid out because it's a nice excuse. So I look back at this at first. I look back at this kid. I look back at first. Steve is waiting for the ball. I look back at this kid. <sighs> All right, the hell with it. I heaved that ball down that right field line as far as I could possibly throw it. And I have a great arm. I'm a second baseman. But I threw it as far as I could. Now Steve at first watches this thing sail over his head. Like, what in the and he's got that look on his face, like what what is wrong with you? and he looks back at me and just starts laughing and shakes his head. And a kid, you know, uh, gets to gets to first. So the 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 right fielder goes over and feels the ball. Now the, the guy who is at second, he's already rounded third. He's booking home, right? No problem. The guy behind him is 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 the tying run. He's the important one. So we don't really care about the first runner. We care about the second runner, but he's already on his way to third. Now the right fielder could have throwing the ball to the third. It would have been a close play, but it probably would have nailed him because that dude had a good arm too. And I see him scoop the ball in one motion and drop over onto his, he's a right-handed thrower, drops onto his back leg, and he's about ready to to gun that thing. And he looks up, and he sees this kid turn the bag. And I can see that shoulder slump, and he looked at that like, oh, man. And he must have heard Pete Rose wouldn't throw this freaking kid out because he did the same thing I did. He stopped. And he just went, no. And he heaved that thing over the infield and down the left field line. Okay? So now everybody's screaming, go, 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 Right? So the runner sees this. The third base coach is waving him. The bench is going crazy. Go, go, go. Tie run. Go, go, go. So he rounds the bag. He's headed for home. This kid hits second base. The second baseman's there. And he goes, go, 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 go to third, go to third, go to third. Right? Left fielder goes and retrieves the ball. He fires it into the shortstop. Remember I said the shortstop was a damn good ball player. Damn good ball player. Well, he looked up. And he sees he's got no shot to get the runner at home. But this little kid round in third with the crutches. uh, He's, you know. Come on, he's gonna be out by 30 feet. So he paused a little bit. Must have heard that voice. Pete Rose was in threat. He's fuck Pete Rose. I'm throwing this kid out. F- fires the ball in to the first baseman who had moved over. Steve had moved over to, to be the cutoff guy. And I heard the pop on that glove. Man, he he gunned that thing in from the from the outfield from, from short left. And here's the kid. He's halfway home. Now The the catcher had already run up the line to back up third. So, as the pitcher, I'm covering home. So, the first baseman gets the ball. He turns around. He looks at me. I'm ready for the throw home. And I'm thinking, am I really going to tag this little kid out if he's trying to slide in? I don't think he can slide. He might be able to fall. But anyway, he's coming. (laughs) You know, the crutches are flying. Dirt's flying. People are screaming. And my buddy Steve, who was looked at that. He took the ball and just threw it over his shoulder like, no, he must have heard the same voice. I don't know what angel was out there, but it was the angel of baseball. And it was telling everybody, you know, Pete Rose wouldn't throw this kid. I don't know who the hell this guy was, but I'm pretty sure we also heard the same voice. And if you guys are listening to this and you know what I'm talking about, just just shoot me an email. Let me know if you heard that. But anyway, Stevie just goes, no, and throws the ball over his shoulder and then he throws his mitt up in the air and John starts jumping up and down and starts running. Run, 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 run. Come on, come on, come on. That's the bag. So the kid comes all the way in and touches home and then everybody, yay, jumps up and down. And they all pick him up and they they a big hero and everybody slapping him on the back and, and rubbing his head. And he's just, and his mom is hysterical crying. And his, his dad has got tears in his eyes. I'm the losing pitcher. I was a losing pitcher, so I did not celebrate with them. I did not. I I slowly walked back to the mound, got my solo cup, and I retreated to the bench in solitude where I could be alone with what was left of my cake of beer. And my mom comes over to me and, and just says, you know, she's hysterical. She's like, I don't know how to thank you. I said, pick up softball game. It's cool. No problem. Um. So everybody cheers and they you know, carry the kid off, and he's just uh I don't even know if he could talk. Quite honestly, I couldn't tell you. Uh but it, like really, really, really I'm thinking, all right, well, I made his day, you know, big deal, whatever. No, it made his freaking life. That was like the highlight, the shining moment of the kid's entire life. That was his one and only at bat in a in a ball game ever. And what happened? So you see, what I mean is, like, we just got to, you can't, you can't take this stuff for granted. Um, This kid, you know, I I didn't mean to, like, you know, do that for him. I mean, so I ended up kind of being this tool of manifestation that kind of fulfilled a dream. Of his. So really the whole. The whole point of this. The whole reason that I'm telling you guys this story is. You you have to be aware. Of what's going on around you. You know you got to be aware of. Of the, the, the voices inside your head. You know. No not the ones that tell you to do bad things. But you got to be. You have to be aware that. That. This is what's going on. The universe, when you're trying to manifest, when you're trying to do something, when you're, trying, when you're trying to bring yourself something, all of these things that line up, these what Deepak Chopra calls the synchro destinies, all of these things that line up make you know th- this incredible series of coincidences for you. But think about how that is for everybody who is involved in that. You know, it might not have been a coincidence, just kind of a weird decision, just something that, well, maybe, you know, I don't know why I did that. I don't normally do something like that or just yeah, I I don't know why, why that was important to me. I'm not sure why I thought to do that at that particular time. I don't really know why. You know, you, you, you chose to wear something or do something or or say something, even sometimes maybe it's just something that comes out, this whole situation with the kid. I wasn't intending to um you know just, just throw the whole thing away to give it to him, but it was just one of those things where it was the right thing to do was to not throw the kid out. Pete Rose aside, I know. I just couldn't do it, man. I, I just had to I just had to follow the, the the gut because the body said no. No, 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 no. You can't do that to this guy. You just can't wrong. So whatever, I, I threw the ball away and I did not expect anybody else to do it the same thing that I did. It just kind of happened that way. So we never know what's going to happen. We never know, <clears throat> excuse me, we never know how people are going to react. We never know how others are going to react <clears throat> to what you do. Like I said, I didn't expect anybody else to do the same thing. I didn't expect it to go through this whole series of, of events That had to happen for this kid to end up, you know, the big hero and winning the ball game and all that other kind of stuff. And again, was it a big deal to me or the guys who were there? No, not really. You know, I mean, yeah. uh, Steve went ahead and hit me with his baseball hat afterward. Started laughing. What the hell was that? And I said, I don't know. I, I have no idea. And that was it. I just, I just reacted. So. The theme on all this is just basically pay attention. Be aware. Be aware of the situations that the universe gives you. If you're trying to manifest stuff, be aware of the coincidences and the things that start showing up. But also pay attention because you might be a catalyst for someone else's manifestation. You might be a tool of change for somebody else. Right? If you think about that, you do one little thing like that, like what I'm saying, think about how many people that now has affected. Yes, Dr. Dyer told a slightly different version of it. I think he cleaned it up. He took the took the fact that we had beer on the bench out of it and, you know, just said it was a bunch of boys playing baseball as opposed to, you know, a pickup softball game. But still, that particular way of expressing that and again i don't know uh how the story was related to him that may be you know how how the kid's dad you know told him i don't know or how the how the family tells it now i don't know and it doesn't matter the matter what mattered was that you know that kid he enjoyed himself he had a great day he was a hero you know and that was a shining moment for him that he never forgot And it was a moment that his parents uh, obviously didn't forget. So, you know, hey, if you can just follow your instinct and make somebody's day, even if it's just a smile, if it's a kind word, if it's uh, open the door for somebody, you make somebody's day, just passing it along, right? Remember that they they did the, it was a church of Latter-day Saints for a little while. used to do those those, uh, TV commercials about kindness, pass it on. But it's true. That's what you want to see. That's what you want to have in your life. You want somebody to be there for you if you need something. You want somebody to go out of their way and do something for you. And what's funny is we tend to meet those people when we're having the most miserable day. And you go, oh, my God, I just met the nicest person. I was such a jerk. <laughs> yeah, I was having such a miserable day. And then I met this person, and I was like, oh, you're just not in the mood for it. And you're just like, ugh. You know, you try not to be a jerk about it, but it happens. But that's a sign from the universe that, you know, the universe is saying, it's cool. You know what? I'm going to send you somebody who's sweet and try and cheer you up. And I'm going to do something, put something nice in your path that'll, that'll change your day or change your week or whatever, whatever it is. So it's just really, uh, to me, it's about... um Paying attention and and not stressing about detail. Listen to listen to that voice in your head. Um, like I said, it might not be exactly a hundred percent correct because I don't really believe that Pete Rose would throw the ball away. I don't know. I've never met him to ask him, but uh, maybe one day I'll get the chance to, to to ask him if what he would have done in that situation. But It doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? it's, It's just you have to follow what the universe gives you. You have to allow these things to happen. And when you do that, you start to see more of it, if that makes sense. So it's part of the manifestation stuff is when you notice something and you have... Uh, uh, okay, well, this is what I'm going to pay attention to. The universe will say, well, you paid attention to that, so we're going to give you more of that. Right? And that's why it's so important to maintain those positive energies, to maintain the gratitude, to maintain that connection between the heart and the mind. You want to maintain your gratitude attitude of gratitude. You want to maintain that as much as you possibly can, because the universe goes, oh, this is what you want. We have all of these other experiences for you, but that's the one you focused on. I'll give you more of that. And it gives you more of something to be grateful for. So that's, that's kind of how that works. That's why that's important. That's why it's so important to make sure that you are always trying to pay attention to this stuff. And again, I, with this whole story, I didn't. Go there with the expectation of having anything other than, you know, uh, hot dogs, burgers, and beer, and just having a good time. That was it. There was nothing else intended. And quite honestly, it was completely forgotten about by me. And it wasn't until years later that I was watching a PBS special, and Dr. Wayne Dyer was on, and he's telling this story about this kid, Shia. And I remember the kid had a really weird name. And he's telling this whole story. And as I'm listening to it, I'm like, well, that's that's freaking weird. I did the same thing. And I turned around to my wife. You know, and she's got tears running down her face. And I said, this is the really weirdest thing. But I did the exact same thing when I was a kid. And she just burst out laughing. And she says, you dipshit. He's talking about you. How many people you think did that? I don't know. Maybe it happens all the time. And I don't know but I do remember the kid had a weird name and he did suffer from some weird kind of disease. And that was pretty much the story. That was exactly how it happened, except for obviously the edited parts about the fact that, you know, Dr. Dyer took out the fact that we had a kid could beer on the bench. Um, but it seems to be that that was the same story. So, Hey, uh, the timing was about right. So it seemed to be about the right timing. Um, I don't know, but the idea is uh keep keep awareness open so that you'll know uh, when you're being asked to do something for the universe, when you're being asked to um, help somebody else out to fulfill something that they need or whatever you know just just keep that in mind um you never know how the universe is gonna gonna line things up for you, but by doing that things will you know come back to you hopefully in a positive way hopefully the energy you're putting out is a positive one so you'll get a positive return for it just one of those things i mean for me that wasn't that's not the only time that i've you know had something like that happen to me i've had a few different experiences like that you know kind of stuff happen to me you know but whatever you know i never really paid attention to it Uh, oh you know so and so has been talking about you i didn't until i you know until I heard the album or until I saw the, the I saw the, um, the Dr. Dyer's discussion, I didn't know he'd been talking about me. He'd been doing it for years. It was in his book. I didn't know that. Um, you know, I've, I've got stuff that I that I wrote and created that have been used on television before. Uh, again, without my knowledge, I've been un- uncredited. But, you know, people around me who have seen it and knew it and knew where it came from said, did you see this? Oh, cool. That's nice. So you never know how the universe is going to use the things that you do or the things that you make and put them out there. You need to be yourself, but you need to pay attention to the little voice in your head when it tells you to do things or whatever. You never know how you're going to be an instrument of change for somebody else. So that was kind of the... The whole theme, the whole reason that I wanted to get into this today, because I've been seeing that as, uh, as my signal or, or uh, my lesson or whatever you want to want to call it. I get these little things and I, I see them kind of repeated. I get these little themes, and then I know, okay, that's that's what the universe wants to talk about is this little theme. So these themes come up. Just pay attention to them and see what kind of message is there, because the universe is always giving you a message. The universe is always giving you a lesson. We're here to learn we're here to uh as i said in the iroquois conspiracy uh Iro- iroquois iroquois confederation story that i did i said conspiracy i meant confederation but uh in, in that particular episode i was talking about how you were here the, the iroquois believed that you were here to love share and help and that's what it comes down to love share help pay attention to the ways that the universe wants you to love share and help add that to your day your daily existence love share help. How can I be loving, sharing, and helpful today? What can I do that makes me feel this gratitude? And really, you want to have that gratitude so that you can give back to people and you want to help give back to people. And then what happens is the universe lines things up that gives you a reason to be grateful because people start giving back to you. Okay, so I hope that all makes sense. Uh, I hope I didn't talk your head off too much on this one. Um, But it was just kind of a a weird little story that I wanted to kind of get out there. And again, like I said, it was just, I've been seeing that theme uh, about follow the message, follow the message, follow the message. So that's, that's the message today is follow the message. So I'm being told to tell you, so somebody's telling you, follow the message. All right. So. If you guys have any questions or comments about any of that kind of stuff you know you can find me on facebook you can find me on instagram um you can go ahead and shoot me an email and contact me any way you like uh i am a coach i do teach this kind of stuff i teach the martial arts uh self help is kind of my thing it's what i do if you guys have questions or comments please feel free to let me know i am sifu john and i hope you guys have a fantastic day i will talk to you again in the next one, cue the goat. <laughs>